Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out. So let's go. I am so excited for this podcast today. We have a very special guest with us who is Laura Grady, Fulfillment Mentor. Welcome, Laura. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. I'm so excited. So uh, for those of you who don't know Laura, many of you I'm sure would, but Laura was actually my um, do we do we say fulfillment coach earlier in the year? I yep. did the mastermind. <laughs> I did the mastermind. <laughs> yes. um, so we worked together very closely and I've had a ball and I thought that you guys would really value um, what she has to say. And I wanted to talk about today like a whole bunch of things. So we'll just see how we go for time and where we end up. But, um, you know, lots of perfectionist things, lots of self-sabotage things. And I think before we get into that, though, Laura, can you just give the guys who are listening a brief rundown on, like, um, who you coach, um, what you work with, all of those sorts of things? Yeah, of course. Um, well, my name is Laura. Uh, I am a fulfillment mentor, women's empowerment coach, that kind of thing, whatever you, yeah, however you want to frame it, it's all the same to me at this point. Um, <laughs> I've been working in this industry. Um, I'm like, I think I've just moved into my fifth year working um, in this coaching space. And I work with women who are typically like in their 20s and 30s. They are professional women. They are you know, going after their dreams and going after their desires, but they may have a lot of beliefs and some um, just pieces in their life that are holding them back in what it is that they think that they can do with their lives. And so I work with women to help clear their blocks. So if they want something, my job is to help you clear any blocks that may potentially be holding you back from being the woman that you want to be and achieving all that you desire. I'm just smiling for anyone who who is watching this because, yeah, this is all the stuff we've worked on. It was just so, so, so helpful. I think, Laura, what I wanted to dive in first was um, I think recently on your stories, you on your stories, no pun intended, you've been speaking about stories that we that we have and that we hold. And, you know, in coaching the women that I coach, this is a big part of it, you know, and, and I see it in an objective sense. And, you know, my job is to kind of like mirror that back and let the person come to their own realizations in time, right? Can you explain, I guess, what you've been speaking about recently in terms of, you know, what are stories? What does that mean? And how can this show up for women? Yeah. So, um, so I was speaking about stories <laughs> literally yesterday, which is awesome. Um, so I, the, the, the way in which I like to look at women and what they believe is possible for them, it, it lies within the stories they tell themselves about their life. 
And what I mean by this is like, you know, you might be wanting a new relationship and then, you know, there's a story playing out that, oh, I can't possibly get into a new relationship. Oh, I'm not good enough. My last partner cheated on me. Therefore, it's never going to happen again. You know, and that's a story playing out. It's not actually true, but it is something that we may have experienced that influences the way in which we view our future. So it, it can basically taint what we what we think we're um, what we think we're deserving of and what we think we're worthy of when it comes to going after the things that we want. So stories, you know, they they hold beliefs, and beliefs are you know essentially thoughts that we keep thinking over and over again that are our truths. And most people they find it really hard to identify if something is a story, if something is a belief. Um, they find it really hard to identify that because it feels really true for them. You know, and so people will be like, oh, look at your limiting beliefs. You know, they'll look at that in the industry and they're like, what the fudge do you mean? I don't know if I can swear. So <laughs> crazy. Well, they're like, what the fuck do you mean a belief? Like, what are you talking about? And it's the truths that are essentially holding you back, your truths, your stories that are holding you back from being the woman that you want to be or being the person that you want to be and achieving that goal or having that desire come to fruition. So um, I like to untangle stories. I like to untangle because the stories, they all lead into a belief and I like to look at beliefs as like a big tabletop. So you see the table and then you see the four legs. All the belief might be I'm not good enough for relationships, for example. This is the first thing that's coming to mind, by the way. So it might be, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I can attract a relationship in my life. And then there's all the stories that are holding that belief in place. And when we start to pull out the stories, we start to change the belief and it stops to be so strong and so steady in our nervous system. So if we go, you know, one of them was perhaps someone cheated on me in the past. We look at that. Okay. That doesn't mean it's going to be true for everyone. So let's pull that story out. You're taking off one leg. Ah, the table's starting to tip. It's not as strong. It doesn't have a strong foundation in the body any longer and in our mind. So you start to pull out these stories and it influences and changes the way in which you view yourself and the world as, as in general. Mm, Yeah. It's so powerful doing this work. And I'm just wondering for anyone listening now who's sort of got an inkling that maybe, you know, this is them, apart from, you know, working with someone like yourself, Laura, <laughs> and I know you've got the you, but feel this out at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of like this untangling process um, and letting it go, you know, can you talk a little bit about what that might look like? Is it instantaneous? Does it take months? That kind of thing. It can be instantaneous. It really depends on the person, actually. So, you know, it it depends on like how how deep those beliefs are and how many stories that you have that hold that belief in place. So if you've got like 50 stories that are limiting you that are holding a belief in place, it might take a little bit longer to untangle them and to look at them and go, hmm, is this really true? Is this really, is this actually true for me? Um, so it all depends on the person. I, I mean, I do a lot of shifting work and energetic, um, kind of hypnotic work with people that will help them change the way in which they're talking to themselves about a story. Um, but also in terms of like logically going into it, 
you can do this with someone like me. You can do this in, to- in terms of like group programs. Um, and there are also really great books out there as well that can help you and guide you with this work too. So, you know, any book on manifestation, they're going to talk about beliefs. They're going to talk about untangling your beliefs and looking at the stories that you tell yourself and starting to shift them. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot out there on it, but definitely look at the work uh, the work. By Byron Katie, you get a lot out of that if you're needing to delve deeper onto this. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've seen in 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 my coaching, you know, I have sort of the woman open to the woo, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that sort of stuff. And then I, yeah. I definitely have other women who are like, you know, maybe I tend to fall into this category too sometimes. Like, just give me the five steps <laughs> that I can follow to do yeah. this thing and. Yeah, you know, personally, I skate around both sides, I think, a little bit. Um, but for for perhaps, you know, the woman who's really like that logical, you know, five steps, um, what I've often uh, asked them to potentially try is maybe something like, you know, just journaling stories around a particular situation, seeing what comes up. Is that sort of something for, you know, that kind of, that thinker something that they can do something like journaling yeah absolutely like looking at okay what's this story that I'm telling myself right now and then asking yourself is it true and then usually like as in as in a blanket statement does it have to be true for me moving forward just because I experienced it in the past I have to experience it in the future Um, and then asking yourself okay what do I need to forgive or who do I need to forgive in order to be able to let this go writing that down and then choosing a better feeling story or a bit of better feeling thoughts. So that's a bit of a journaling process that you can, for those who are really logically minded, very easily do. Mm. So interesting, way, way, way back years and years ago, I had a, a moment in time where I had like pretty bad anxiety mm. and I was seeing someone who, who was, who put forward like the um, cognitive behavioral therapy, yep. quite logical, rational. To be honest with you, at that time, it really wasn't for me. And I was just so inside the story. And at the point in time, it was um, like, I'm I'm really bad at my job. I'm just going to be honest, <laughs> you know, different career. Yep. I was like, I'm really bad at my job. My whole world is falling apart and there are no options, right? Yeah. And for me doing that kind of logical thinking, you know, is this true? It was it a true. yes. <laughs> and, you know, you could have said to me, no, but, you know, this is, this is, you know, what you've done in your job and this is the results you've mm. got and all of those sorts of things. And at that point in time, I was just a hard, no, I'm absolutely hopeless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think for me, you know, at that point in time, a lot of it was really circumstantial. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know what, I don't think this whole environment is great for my mental health. Um, and I got out. Yeah. I'm just wondering, have you ever had, you know, clients who are so embedded in their stories that it just seems like the absolute truth? And if that has happened, you know, are there any ways you've been able to sort of help them with that? Absolutely. Well, yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. I mean, you know, it's not nice to hear like, hey, I think a story is playing out here. Someone's like, usually, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck off. Leave me alone. This is true. And I get that. I totally get it. And what I would suggest, like for those of you who are listening and you're going, okay, there's these stories that are playing out. It might be a story. It might not be. And you're finding like your grip on that story is very strong. So it's hard to see it as any other way. 
talk to someone, you know, go and see somebody. And I'm not just saying like coaches, I'm talking about like anybody, you know, a psychologist, a counsellor, talk to people to help you loosen the grip on the problems. Then you can start to do the belief work because, you know, in the early days of this work and personal development, doing belief work on something as, as, um, massive as what you just described it's probably not the right time to do that work right at that point in your career sorry in in, in your in your life as well you know loosening the grip and understanding hey how am I feeling right now what's my nervous system like what's actually going on here um that might be more integral than going through and going is this a story like there are lots of parts when it comes to doing the work on ourselves and um yeah, belief work is is really important and really integral, but we also need to be at a really good base level in our lives as well. So, um, yeah, I would suggest for people to definitely go and work on themselves. But, yes, I've experienced women who have been quite resistant. I don't experience as many of them anymore because a lot of them have read a couple of personal development books. They have gone down their spiritual journey a little bit. Um, so it's a little bit different now. But, um, yeah, in terms of one-to-one, in the early days of me working with people, yeah, it was, it was very apparent. And I have a lot of compassion because there's some stories that sometimes come up for me now where I go, oh, no, that's a story. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you don't recognise it at the time, but it, it just, you, yeah, you can see these bits and pieces because there's stories playing out all the time. There's icky beliefs and yucky stuff that's always playing out and it's always going to, you know, every every level has a has the same devil, but just wearing a different mask. So we're always going to have stories and beliefs. It's not about getting rid of all of them. It's just about going, oh, I see you. I'm not going to buy into that. Yeah, geez, I think that's such an important point because, you know, with the women I'm working with, there's, you know, a couple of ones that play out. Typically they're, you know, around body image, um, which yeah. is probably, you know, I try and, you know, separate myself emotionally from these things, but it is really hard to see when my perspective and, you know, my perspective doesn't really matter too much, but it's like, I just see, you know, a beautiful, beautiful woman in front of me. And unfortunately, you know, her truth is, you know, X, Y, Z about how Mm -hmm. she looks, which can be really, really heartbreaking. But um, it's, it's such an important point, I think, to take home that, you know, our perception and these stories that are that we create have such a vast impact on our fulfillment, enjoyment, mm-hmm. um, you know, how we show up and, and all of those things. So I think too sometimes uh, we might, I just want to um, talk about this one more time to hammer it home. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, we don't believe that their stories, they seem like truths. And, and I've spoken to you about a few that came up for me where I was like, no, 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 but this is true. Like, this is actually true. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there'll be some women listening who who might think that. Um, and, and some, are there any markers, Laura, like sort of like not red flags, but like little, you know, alarm bells of something that, you know, might, a story that might be having a negative impact. I'll explain a little bit more what I'm getting at. You know, just say if you, uh, I'm thinking of like, if you constantly feel, you know, sad when we're looking in the mirror, could that be evidence of a story that's happening? Like, is there anything else like that that's, yeah. Yeah. If it makes you feel like shit, it's usually story playing out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As blunt as I can be. (laughs) 
yeah. I, I think that that was the point I wanted to get across and it, and it could be really useful to you know have a look at where are the repeating patterns in terms of those painful feelings or you know anything like that even self-talk you know seeing patterns of really negative self-talk mm. and then yep getting curious yeah get curious but also like ensuring that you're that you know you've we've got to be willing to see it differently so nothing will change unless we're willing to see it differently and we need to 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 be open to seeing things differently and if we're really like no I absolutely cannot see it any other way I need to hate myself to get a result in my body then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure and you're not going to be able to see it differently but um I'm a massive advocate for getting, you know, working with people like you who, who you're informed about this kind of stuff and you understand how these things can play out. But, you know, larger than that, I'm a massive advocate for going and getting yourself the help that you need. You know, you don't have to suffer by yourself and have to do all this belief work on your own or these story works on your own because sometimes it is really fucking hard, you know, and if something feels really true right now, please work on it with somebody like don't don't be afraid or ashamed to do so I think it's incredibly brave and you know I'm somebody who works on myself all the time I have coaches I've seen psychologists on and off here and there and you know I think it's important that we are all doing that work and recognizing when hey actually this feels like it's too hard to deal with by myself yeah I think too you know maybe it's social media is helping, but we're all talking about having, you know, coaches, psychologists, all of this stuff yeah. now. I think it's that, that, you know, any taboo from, I don't know, like 10 years ago or whatever, of seeing a psych or what, I think that's really dropping, which is. A yes, really positive. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's needed. It really is needed. <laughs> the next thing I wanted to jump into, which is just going to shout out loud and clear to a lot of the women listening is the perfectionist piece. Mm-hmm. I know, Laura, you've sort of described yourself sometimes as a recovering perfectionist. Um, me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> me too. Um, luckily for myself, you know, I've I've managed to come through it with food and training, uh, you know, business relationships, you know, still work in progress to an extent. <laughs> we always have a work in progress somewhere. It's always showing up somewhere. <laughs> Can we just sort of like jam a little bit on perfectionism? What is perfectionism? How does it typically show up as, you know, an issue perhaps? Is there anything good, you know, coming out of perfectionism, that sort of jazz? Yeah. So perfectionism is like this, this need and desire to want to be perfect and to hold and maintain a level of perfection in your life, however that shows up for you. Um, I am not someone who says it's always the worst thing in the world. Because it's, you know, if we've got a healthy relationship to it, then it can be helpful because, you know, it means that we put things out that are of a high standard and we like we pride ourselves on having a high standard for ourselves and for the people around us. The place in, uh, there's lots of places where it can show up where it becomes really negative and it actually becomes crippling and it means that we can't move forward and we can't do anything. And those places can be like for the women who are listening to this, you know, specifically around their body, if they're trying to be perfect with that. And then they have this like all or nothing thinking, which I know that comes in a lot around this sort of an area. Um, But when you feel like you are not good enough, unless you're 100% perfect, that's when we know it's a problem. Yeah. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I, um, I encounter as a coach and not so much once I've been working with someone for like, you know, three plus months, we've been speaking a lot and I've been coaching through it, but 
sometimes, you know, those first few weeks, first two, three, four weeks of working with a client, man, I just see it roar its head. And, you know, the way it would manifest with, um, you know, coaching in terms of, you know, training nutrition. Um, I had actually a conversation with a client last night who's a personal trainer and she had, uh, she wanted to have a rest day, which would have been two rest days in a row, right? Off plan, but she was Mm -hmm. exhausted, right? So, you know, messaged me last night and was like, hey, Aim, you know, I want to have a rest day, sad face. And I was like, hey, you know, what's up? Like, what's up? What's up? And she's like, I'm absolutely exhausted, but I had my rest day yesterday. And I was like, dude, what would you tell a client? What would you tell your own client? You know, she's mm-hmm. like, you know, th- you know, it doesn't work that way. We're not going to lose all of our gains. Um, have a rest. And I was like, okay. And I'm saying exactly the same thing to you. And she said, you know, I just feel really guilty over this. There's heaps of guilt coming out. And I was like, look, that's interesting. I said, you know, I'm not being nice please have a rest day. You know, yeah. you're going to make more progress uh, having rest. Please give your body what it needs. It needs the rest, you know, look after yourself. Yeah. And, and and that's the kind of thing, you know, that comes up, I guess, early on. And again, like, you know, my client, a personal trainer, she would be giving the same advice to someone else. Uh, but it is really interesting. What's with the guilt? Like what's with <laughs> that guilt that comes up with the perfectionism? Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> We have unrealistic standards of everything. Like women have these stupid standards in terms of like how they're meant to look, how they're meant to show up, how they're meant to speak, how they're meant to like go through life, how they're meant to have families and relationships, how they're meant to do everything. And then when we're not living up to that thing, we think there's something wrong with us or something bad with us. And then we all of a sudden feel guilty or, you know, we we have all of these emotions come up that make us feel unworthy and make us feel bad about ourselves. And um, it's all conditioning. And it, it like we've literally been built to think that we have to be perfect and that's the key to happiness. And, oh, my God, if you're not perfect, you're not going to be happy and everything's going to go completely tits up. Mm. It's like actually no one's perfect. Mm. And the more that we see the evidence of that in, in the world, the easier it is to feel better about ourselves. But it can be incredibly overwhelming and jarring and you know I I am a recovering perfectionist like I see evidence of this everywhere and I also know that like as a child my upbringing was you be a plus high standards anything less than your absolute best is not good enough so I was conditioned to believe that and then you lump that in with the bloody media and with you know social media and you go well you know I was kind of built for this I was built to be a perfectionist and that's okay but it's recognizing it and then again noticing the stories that are playing out and saying do I want to subscribe to this anymore do I want to keep doing this to myself no would I expect this of other people no would I expect this of anyone no you know, and we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fuck things up all the time or we're going to have moments where we need rest days or, you know, we're going to go through different seasons in our lives and it's important to be comfortable with all of that. And when we see the story come up, not go, oh, my God, because a perfectionist way of managing it is going, oh, my God, I have a story coming up. Fuck, I'm not perfect in my personal development, which happens to me, by the way. (laughs) We just recognise, ah, I know you, you're back again. Okay, like I've got a little bit more work to do on this. 
Yeah, I was, I'm laughing because I just saw a like a meme going around something about, yeah, like how do I rest in a more productive manner? Did you, <laughs> have you seen that? No, you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I saw a lot of my clients and a lot of like my community share it on their Instagram yeah. stories and it's like far out. To be honest with you, that kind of goes through my head sometimes too, like, how Literally. do I be productive? <laughs> like, do I listen to a podcast to try and learn? <laughs> it's crazy, but also, you know, we got to look at we got to look at on a societal level what has been playing out for hundreds of years. Well, we have been little workhorses for big companies, and so the more productive we are, the better that we are. So it's been embedded in us to a degree on a generational level where generations before us, this has been the story. My parents, their story has always been you work really hard and you get, you, you know, you get rewarded for that. But you have to work your ass off. You have to work yourself into the ground. Burnout is what's burnout. It's not a thing. You just got to keep going, <laughs> you know. And so that's what I grew up around. And their parents were the exact same way. The parents before that, exact same way. This is a generational thing. And now we're choosing to change it because they're recognising this is a fucking story. What the hell? What do you mean? Because we're seeing it gets to be different, but it doesn't mean that that story is not going to come up or, you know, that way of thinking is not going to come up. It's going to come up because you just got to look at your generation to recognize where it comes from. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, you know, I'd love to ask your opinion on this because in terms of the way I start to coach through it is a lot of it would just be, like I might use a language like, do you, are you, you know, willing to sort of do a little bit of an experiment this week and, and see how an extra rest day is? Or, or do you want to try not tracking macros on Saturday and see how that goes? Do you want to try not using a scale to measure everything and see how that goes? And typically um, most women when we're sort of at that point will go, okay, you know what, let's let's practice this. Or is that, mm-hmm. you know, is that what, is that something that you, you'd find useful as well for someone who's dealing with this perfectionism? Like, let's try practice doing something different. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm all about baby steps. Baby steps are so powerful because they're actually helping you move forward. But if you're taking a massive leap and you don't feel like you're on steady ground, you can fall flat on your ass very quickly. So baby steps are always key. So I would strongly recommend doing that. And that's the same with everything in life. You know, I'm a big advocate for take it one step at a time. You know, it doesn't have, you don't have to conquer perfectionism in a day. Like that's not, that's not what we're here for. It's about going at your own pace. Yeah, I think it's so important. Like, like you sort of say with, you know, and I'm coaching this type A high achiever, you know, she's, she's getting everything done and she's getting it all done to a really high standard. So, you know, if she does get an inkling, like, okay, there's something else to work on. It's like, okay, well, I'll go <clears throat> download a thousand audio books. I'm going to listen to everything and, you know, I'll, I'll try oh and <laughs> do this all, you know, in a few days and, um, you know. No, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> please don't. You're going to traumatise yourself. Don't do that. <laughs> so I love that you've yeah, reiterated the baby step approach. There's something else though that you just said, which I wanted to touch on, which I think is hugely, hugely important, which perhaps doesn't get spoken about enough and it's that self-compassion mm. while doing all of this work yep so what is this might be a far too broad question but what does self-compassion look like when we're doing inner work 
Or how can we lean into being compassionate? Okay. <laughs> this is a loaded question. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so how it can look. I mean, look, I'm a massive believer that we need to be compassionate toward ourselves when we're uncovering this stuff because it can be big and it can be scary and it can be really overwhelming. So we need to make sure we're doing it in safe environments. And we also have to recognise that there is no end goal. Like there, there may be, but, you know, in terms of like there's no destination that you arrive to when you do this kind of work. It's constantly evolving and you're going to be doing this work for the rest of your life. So instead of looking at it like, okay, um, you know, I need to get to some place, so let's rush it, or, you know, how dare I, I've moved backwards. It's going, no, I'm just on the, I'm, I'm always moving forwards, but sometimes it's a bit of a roller coaster. But the roller coaster is always moving. I'm always going to reach, like I'm always going to be doing what I need to do, but the roller coaster is always moving. Um, and so we need to have compassion toward ourselves because life is going to throw us curveballs. So you might have uncovered and unpacked all of your stories up until this point, but then you shift and you try, you know, your goals completely change and you, you're hit with a whole bunch of new stories or different stories that are showing themselves in different ways. So we must hold compassion and we must look at it like, oh, you know what, I'm proud of myself for doing this and I don't have to get everything done today. I don't have to be, um, you know, the queen of personal development or spirituality every single day because it's too much. <laughs> it's unrealistic. Like I don't have to do all the journaling prompts every single day, seven days a week and spend two hours on my morning routine. Like who the fuck has time for that? I teach this shit and I'm like, who has time for that? So it's important about like recognizing the goal of all this work is to have a better life. So it's not to, you know, I'm healed and I am now Gandhi and I'm going to go meditate on a rock and, you know, I'm going to levitate while I'm doing it. That's not the aim. It's to have a better life. So it's important to hold compassion through that because being compassionate towards yourself will mean that you're probably going to have a better life anyway. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love, I think, again, it can really um, end up in a slippery slope of, well, I, this is just another thing that I need to excel out. And if I can get yes. growth coming back, you know, then, yeah. So I love that we've spoken on that. You know what, something's just, uh, another topic has just occurred to me while we're chatting, a little bit about... Um, and this might be new for a whole bunch of my listeners, a little bit about, you know, masculine ways of doing things and like feminine flow. And mm -hmm. like I said, some of my listeners would have no idea what I'm talking about right now. And to be honest with you, you know, I'm still a, a beginner when I'm, you know, thinking about these things. And again, just in the context of my client, who's like heavily structured, everything has to be done, you know, certain times. And even with work, she's probably going to be um, exhibiting, you know, hustle culture and lots of structure, yeah. which we know is amazing, which we know. It works. Know, it's great. Yeah. Right? Um, can you just talk to us a little bit about this idea of like masculine ways of being, feminine ways of being, and, you know, uh, what they each bring to the table. Yes, I can. <laughs> like, do we have five hours? Um, <laughs> so uh, when it comes to how we live, I think that, yeah, there's, there's a masculine way and a feminine way of doing things. This is not to say, like, masculine means male or feminine means female. It's not about that. It's, it doesn't matter about that. It's just, it's just labels. It's just ways of explaining things. Um, so the masculine way of doing things is, yeah, heavily on structure, um, hustle, 
working hard to achieve something and masculine masculinity in work and in life is really important because it creates structures and creates pillars to support us to do what we need to do. But sometimes we can get so heavily in our masculine that um, we don't have any creativity and feminine thrives in like obviously needs the masculine pillars, but the feminine energy allows us to be in flow and be receptive to the universe, to ourselves, to our soul, to what's happening around us. And in order to be able to tap into this feminine energy, we need the masculine to be able to hold it. So what I mean by this is like you need to create space for it. So your masculine needs to be like, hey, we're going to do some feminine stuff and let's create a space to to get this done so that the feminine energy can flow. Um, And when you are in flow, you'll find that you feel like you're in in alignment (laughs) and the universe will give you beautiful little signals and signs that what is for you is on its way. And, um, yeah, so when it comes to the masculine pieces, I'm not saying it's bad. It works so fucking well, like so well it's not even funny. Like people get amazing results from masculine ways of doing life and doing business because it does, it does um, you know, go into that, like you make your own life and you get, you get to go out there and get it done. But the feminine way of being just means that it's easier and faster. And in my own experience, masculine has never worked Um, In fact, masculine has led me to burn out multiple times, to lose my sex drive entirely, to essentially like be stressed, my stress levels super high, thinking I have to do, 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 do. Whereas when I'm in my feminine, I'm allowing things to come to me. I'm not hustling hard to go out and get, especially when it comes to the manifesting process. So I know we're going really woo-woo. So some people, you might have lost me. <laughs> and that's okay. Trust that you will get what you need and it will land at the right time. Um, but, yeah, I, I love to use masculine and feminine in my life uh, and I like them to work because they do, they work together. They're meant to work together. But feminine just for me is a lot more fun. I'm a lot more creative, <laughs> see a lot more success tuning into feminine than I do masculine. Masculine holds it though. Feminine is a creativity piece, but the masculine allows it to actually come and happen. Mm, I love it. And and the reason why I think it's important to chat about this is because so much of the way I coach is like heavily masculine, super structured, right? Um, In terms of the structures that I'm setting up for my clients and when we're looking at, you know, when we're looking at food and training, it's a lot, it's like science, right? You yeah, know, it's perfect. You're going to get results. And yeah. the other piece to it though, and the reason why I did want to chat about it, and I think it it helped me, you know, working with you and, and looking at it like this, that they really work together, is if we go so hard into the, you know, the structure, ticking off absolutely every single box all of the time, this is where that perfectionism stuff can really eat us alive and we end up burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, a, a big part of the way I coach too is all about recovery, rest, doing things that fill your cup. That's actually really, really important in getting results. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, all good coaches know this, that yeah. the recovery and um, 
fulfilling your you know your your cup outside of training is super important you know not only will it help you know your desire to actually be in the gym but in terms of you like building muscle and stuff doesn't happen when we're in the gym we need the rest piece and I think with a lot of my females who are just so like they're fucking gung-ho which again amazing but we can hit a burnout you know a burnout piece and Mm -hmm. I I often actually do get women who have hit that and they're coming to me not because they want to diet anymore because they're like you know what I just actually want to train less and I want to enjoy it have more free time and eat more right and I I do think a big part of this is that flow and Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's even when it comes to recovery rather than being like okay so I need to have a you know a bath and I need to you know have my supplements and all these sorts of things it's like what will feel good and you know asking what do I need what do I need right now I've said to some of my clients and, you know, I, I do kind of just make sure I uh, like vet them for these experiences. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you know, will dancing feel really good this week? Like, should you implement some dancing? Should you implement some screaming and yelling? Get in your car, drive away from your family and just sit there and scream. Like yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah, that's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> that's so, it's so beneficial. And that's, you know, always, I mean, it, you can mix the masculine and the feminine in this really easily by having a list, you know, the masculine likes that structure. So have a list of all the different things that you can do in order to fill up your cup and then the feminine can go, mm, what do I feel like doing? Yeah, and that's what I think is so beneficial is is how you've described it before is like having that structure and it's almost like the safety for them safety. To, yes. to flow into. And yes, I love super that. important. And like, you know, sometimes like I've given tasks to my clients before where I'm like, you're, you have to take a week off personal development. And that's like the big, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're not allowed to do anything, but you're too, you're too gun ho You're getting perfectionisty all over this and it's too much and you're going to lead to burnout and you're overthinking everything. You're not allowed to do a damn thing. And you just have to ask yourself that that time that you would normally do personal development. What do I need today? What do I feel like doing? Just a week, just a break. The same way that, you know, sometimes your clients will have a, a week off, you know, and it's, I don't want someone to have a week off be, from personal development. It's obviously a different realm, but I don't want them to have a week off or two weeks off because they're completely burnt out and they're done and it's too hard. I want them to choose that to be like, I'm not really feeling good about this. This is kind of getting to be a bit of a drag. I prefer them to change it at that point for them to feel good about it. Yeah, Absolutely. You spoke a little bit before, Laura, about, you know, being in alignment, being in flow and all of those sorts of things. And uh, one of the tasks actually that I do give my clients, just to give you some context, I have a like an education program that goes with my coaching. The first pillar is a mindset pillar. Yep. And, you know, ask them to really embody or get into the zone of who they want to be, who they yep. Right. So I asked them, you know, what character traits, what would they believe to be true, all of those sorts of things. And again, not everyone's ready for this stuff. And I preface it, you know, with that. And that's cool. Totally cool. For someone who's listening and they're like, what the fuck is alignment? How do I, how do I feel? Like what's feelings? I, I, I was kind of like this when I came to you. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so fun. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So 
even if Laura, if you might talk about like actual, what does it actually look like to get into a feeling place? Like, am I meditating? And am I saying, um, like for like real beginner 101, what's like getting into place? Yeah. So, I mean, my big suggestion is, so alignment is all about, I, I always say when you're in alignment, you're a fucking vibe. So what gets you to feel like a fucking vibe where you are vibing yourself, you are vibing your life, what action steps can you take day to day? And they might change, you know, I'm somebody who's incredibly feminine where I set time in the morning and my masculine has that time and I go, "Mm, what do I want to do today? (laughs) Sometimes it's meditating. Sometimes it's breath work. Sometimes it's dancing. Sometimes it's reading a romance novel because I really fucking like romance novels. Like it gets to change. It gets to change. Um, But being in alignment means being a fucking vibe and asking yourself, how do I get to be this person? How can I show up as an absolute fucking vibe? Um, Because when I am that person, it's easier to take action steps. And when I'm taking action steps, I'm taking them from a a place of resourcefulness because you get into a really resourceful mindset unintentionally when you're in alignment because it's easier everything feels easier so yeah I mean meditating you know breath work dancing in the morning um making sure you know you're eating good food that nourishes your body that makes you feel good uh you're journaling all those bits and pieces because they can be really really helpful in helping you get into alignment. And for those who are real newbies, just meditate five minutes every day. If five minutes feels like too much, one minute, do one minute of meditation a day and then slowly build it up over time. And you'll start to notice that you will slow down in your thinking and in your thought processes and your body and your nervous system will start to calm down. And it is really, really powerful. And meditation in and of itself is is shown to change the structure of your brain and how it fires so it is backed by science as well. Yeah. Breath work, we haven't got enough, we haven't got enough on that yet, but it does feel really good. Breath work feels really good, but we don't have enough science behind it yet. <laughs> Are you finished your breath work course yet? Nearly. I'm like this close. <laughs> yeah, super exciting. The other thing I wanted to talk about quickly was um, another thing that I've done before, and this is probably a personal story, is you know, we we kind of get told like let's let's have a shot at you know writing a story of our you know maybe perfect life or anything like that and one of the big things that hit for me for many years I was writing this story with so many boundaries and limitations and I didn't realize at the time because I kept looking at it through the lens of well, how am I going to do that? I don't know yet, so cross it off. That that can't be my perfect life because it's not realistic or I don't know the, you know, the step-by-step process to get there. Yeah. And then I had this sort of epiphany one day where I was like, what if I can think about how I feel instead of all of the, the you know, it's going to look like, you know, I'm going to have a double story house and a white picket fence and two cars and a dog, like all yep. those things right I was like how's it gonna feel and this stumped me for so long because I was so stuck on the the how like how is all of this gonna happen and I was I I just thought hang on a second what if I go into how do I want to feel perfect and 
it just I couldn't understand it for so long I don't know what it was yeah. I was just like what the fuck feelings like I don't get it <laughs> like I struggled so much with yeah. it, you know and I think I was I was saying this to you like whenever I'm reading you know um sort of spiritual woo-woo books I'm like just tell me the five steps that I can write down <laughs> I exam I can pass like I just want to study and pass exam and then click my fingers yeah. I've gone through the level of yeah. development right um and for me it was a really big moment when I was just like can I imagine feeling like joy Mm-hmm. and then imagining feeling joy and this might sound super basic but I think no, right. will, yeah I think my listeners will resonate I was like okay so what does joy feel like in my body yeah what does passion feel like what does creativity feel like yes and I think I feel that now how can I bring that into my existence now that will get me to the place that I want to go I love it I love it and I think that I think that that's a really helpful piece when we're looking at, you know, like journaling or, you know, creating our future or, or whatever we're doing is, and it was a, a thing that didn't land with me for ages, is getting into that feeling place. And then what what you've said, Laura, which is, okay, you know, and, and how do I do that now? What are the action steps to take? Because it's I think it's all well and good to sort of journal airy-fairy. And this is where we can be like, okay, well, I want to earn 500 grand a year. I want to, you know, be 62 kilos, whatever. But it's like we leave that in our journal and walk off and nothing has really happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like thinking about, okay, so, you know, what are the action steps we can take? And so that's where, you know, the structure and all that comes in. But How do I show up as that person? Yeah. I talk about acting as if it's a very basic principle in manifestation it's acting as if you are that person who already holds that how would you show up how would you feel because it's not actually anything that we're trying to manifest in this life I mean we're not doing it to feel any different because how we feel day to day is is a big reflection on our habits um so that thing that we're trying to get I mean we can absolutely, but we want to we want to try and get to another place because it's fun and it feels good, not because I have to do this or else I'm not good enough. So you know, making sure that we do feel really good in our endeavor toward our goals is really part of the process, and you know, just not beating yourself up every step of the way if you're not there yet. Um, but yeah, asking yourself those little those little steps, and your job is not the how, which I mean, when it comes to obviously. It's different because when it comes to like body stuff, of course it is your job. Like the how is of course part of the job. But in terms of like really um, difficult to manage like tangible outcomes, the how isn't necessarily always in your uh, absolute control. It's about listening to those little niggles from the universe and taking inspired action toward the places in which you want to be. Some people will be listening to this and they're like, oh, you know, I really want to have X um, goal with my body and I and I don't know how to get there. Well, you know, the beautiful little piece of aligned action might be feeling really drawn to Amy and the work that she does because it's really powerful and potent and she can help you get to that place. You don't have to be clutching onto it and feeling like you have to be in control of all of it. Mm, yeah, and that's the thing too, like you're talking about, you know, even attracting new friends, attracting new gym environments. It's yep. crazy how those things can happen too. Yeah. Or I we'll, we'll finish up pretty quick. I was just wondering though, you've you know, spoken a little bit there about manifestation. Yep. Um, I have this thing in my head, right? We are always constantly manifesting. Yes. 
And I think back in the day, maybe five, 10 years ago, I thought it was like, you're only manifesting when you get the thing that you consciously want. And yeah. And now, <laughs> now as I understand it, I'm like, no, 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 everything is, you know, we're constantly yeah. manifesting everything. Right. Would you be able to give us like five minute crash course yeah. in manifestation? Yeah. Like if someone's sort of not really sure what it is, you know, yeah, the component parts to it, what does it mean? That kind of thing. So, I mean, manifestation for me, and this is like, you know, each teacher will talk about it differently and they'll explain it differently because it's all incredibly spiritual, which really pisses people off. Like, especially for those of you who are logically minded, you might be like, uh, <laughs> trust that if it's annoying you lean into that that's totally fine you have every right to feel that way um so I believe that manifesting is essentially the process of aligning with the universe through our thoughts through our behaviors through our energy to be able to co-create an experience um that not only elevates our own existence and our own lives but also helps to elevate those around us and so to manifest means to essentially make something come to fruition and be clear. So, you know, you put your intention out there and I believe that there's three steps. You ask, you believe, and then you receive. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't take any action. <laughs> it's just it's just having more faith in a higher power rather than just feeling like you have to do everything on your own, knowing that there is a greater power that's guiding you and supporting you at all different times, be it universe, God, however you want to label it. So, yeah, the three steps are asking, so knowing what you want. And if you struggle with knowing what you want, look at what you don't want and then flip it because it'll be the exact opposite. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then believing in what you desire, believing that it gets to be possible for you. So, you know, if there's these big desires that you want to create in your life and you're going, I don't know that I believe in that yet, you've got to change some stories, some patterns and you, you shift some of that stuff so that you know that it is for you because I'm a firm believer if you can dream it it can be yours yeah if you can think about it it can be yours and yes is there an element of hard work there sometimes depends on your conditioning um, but things do get to happen and then the third step is receiving so allowing yourself to receive what it is that you have asked for and called into your world and a lot of women have a lot of trouble receiving because they are not good at receiving just in life in general. And you look at that and if you're like, oh, I don't know, I, you know, I'm manifesting all the time, Laura, but I, um, you know, the things that I want that aren't coming in. I'm like, well, what's your relationship to receiving? How do you feel about receiving compliments? How do you feel about receiving love from partners? How do you feel about receiving gifts? What's your relationship to that? And if it's not good, there's some work to be done. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Laura. Um, I think we have covered such a wide um, yeah. array of topics, <laughs> kind of like surface level of everything. If anyone is listening and they're like, fuck, I need this in my life. I've resonated a lot with this yeah. very different conversation for the podcast. <laughs> I love it. Um, Laura, where can people find you? Um, so Instagram is probably the easiest way to find me. It's Laura Grady with two Y's. And then you can also check out my website, which is just lauragradycoaching.com. Um, I have offerings that come out every, I don't know, a couple of months or so, <laughs> whenever I feel called. Uh, that's my feminine way of running business. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I want to do this. Um, so yeah, I do have offerings that come out every few months and, uh, yeah, I teach a lot of this manifestation pieces, a lot of the stuff around belief work. I go into a deep dive on a lot of that work 
in the courses that I run. Amazing. I appreciate having you on so much. Thank you so much, Laura. <laughs> Thank you.